Our scripture lessons this morning for those who will worship later with us on this sixth Sunday after Pentecost. The lessons come to us from the Old Testament book of Genesis, chapter 18, verses 1 through 14. Psalm 15, the New Testament epistle to the Colossians, chapter 1, verses 21 through 29, and Luke's gospel, chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. So in our Old Testament lesson this morning, one of the most intriguing passages perhaps in all of Scripture, in this lesson we meet 90-year-old Sarah. Her beauty now shines through the cracks in her forehead and the crow's feet of her eyes. The joy in her face is somewhat hard to recognize because it is buried under nine decades of life's rubble. Just a few weeks ago, a local reporter published the story of her remarkable decision to stand by her husband Abraham as he sold off the family business after hearing from God that God wanted him to be the father of all people. And as crazy as it sounded, Sarah was convinced that Abraham was worth following wherever God might lead him. So she packed the house, put it on the market, and booked the moving van. On their first night in their new home, Abraham took Sarah out to a quiet spot where he had set up a telescope. And as they gazed up at the starlit sky, he told her that God had promised to make their offspring outnumber all of those stars. Her heart raced with joy at the prospect of being the mother of millions. She had no reason not to believe. Until the day in the exam room of the medical tent, when after a dozen tests done to determine the problem, the doctor gently put his hand on her arm and with a cracked voice said the words that no woman's heart can stand to hear, let alone the mother of God's family. He said to her, you're unable to have children. In that moment, Sarah's grief took her to places that she was not prepared to go. She wasn't sure what to think when the natural world she was convinced God had created went against the supernatural promise she was also convinced that God had spoken to her. And for the next 30 years, Sarah felt pulled in these two directions. Would she be known for her children or her barrenness? And now at age 90, that tension is now very visible in her thinning hair and her slight limp. And Sarah is not the only one with a limp. For if we were to be honest this morning, We know deep in our hearts that many of us limped into this sanctuary today. Yes, we are here to praise God and to give Him glory for all that He has done. Yes, we are here to celebrate the victories that have come for many even this week. 
But we are also here this morning because there is a deep sorrow in our heart, a sorrow that we know will only ever be fulfilled in Jesus. And the fact that we are still searching for that fulfillment is evidence that some things in our hearts are yet unfulfilled by God. We limped into this place today because we also live in the tension of what God promises in our life and what is actually true of us. We gather together with aches in our hearts, unmet expectations of God, disappointment with His unanswered prayers. It is not just hope, but hopelessness that brings us to church this morning. Let me ask you, what dream born of God, what calling from above, what promise from Scripture is still unfulfilled in your heart today? For Sarah, her dream of children is very much on life support. When Abraham suddenly asks her to prepare the home and a meal, three guests have arrived. And so as she prepares the meal, she overhears this strange conversation between the men outside the door of the tent. And one of the men says, I'm going to come back in the spring of next year, and when I do, your wife Sarah will have a son. With a smirk on her lips, Sarah laughs. She laughs because she can't cry anymore. The laughter comes from that same place as the tears that she has cried for all of these years. It wells up from deep within. And she tries to suppress this laughter and the tears all at the same time. She wants more than anything for this not to be funny, but it is hilarious. It's more absurd than real. And so Sarah lies and pretends that her laughter is not related to the conversation that she just overheard. But I don't think God is angry with Sarah. In fact, I think God gets it. Why else would he tell Abraham and Sarah that once this baby arrives, they are to name him Isaac, the Hebrew word for laughter. God blesses Sarah's laughter. In fact, God is in on her laughter. God is the one who writes the joke. And the punchline of the joke is in the form of a question. Is anything too hard for the Lord? God is the master of the punchline. The absurdity of his power is almost laughable, brothers and sisters. He speaks grace and beauty and miracle into the most unlikely of places. He reassures a wrinkly, frail, 90-year-old barren woman that he is the God who keeps his promise. The pain of her unmet expectations is all too real. But the absurdity that makes it humorous 
is that nothing is too hard for the Lord. I think that's why Jesus may have told parables. You remember that parables are often these humorous real-life stories that reveal what God is up to in the most laughable and unlikely thing that you can imagine. He wants to win our hearts with unearned grace and mercy. He shows up in our pain and takes the very things meant to kill us and he redeems them somehow for our good. Maybe this is why at one point in Matthew's gospel, after Jesus has been healing people of all different kinds of illness and malady and problems, maybe this is why he says at one point, blessed is he who does not take offense at me. For those of us here today, blessed are you who can experience the unlikely and, un and awesome power of God by learning to laugh at its absurdity. God understands Sarah's laughter, for he wrote the joke. God is the master of the punchline. God always gets the last laugh. God finishes what he starts. God keeps his word. God honors his promise. And so as we gather on this hot summer day to overhear Sarah's story, it may be that this morning that God has reminded you of a place in your heart where your faith has wavered. Sarah's story has identified within you a place of tension. You want to believe desperately that God will do something, but you haven't seen it yet. No evidence has appeared yet. And if you could have already made it happen yourself, you would have, but you can't. It may be possible that God wants to deliver a punchline into your absurd story this morning. And we know what that punchline is, don't we? It's found in the question of this mysterious visitor, and it's found in the affirmation of the prophet Jeremiah who says, Oh, Lord God, you made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. As we come to the table this morning, from behind that door we can listen and we can hear God writing the punchline to our stories. Through the bread and the wine, He is renewing a promise within us. Through the bread and the wine, He is calling us to stay strong to continue in trust and obedience. Through the bread and the wine, He is calling on us to believe that nothing is too hard for Him. Through the bread and the wine, the words of the Apostle Paul say to us, He who began a good work in you will surely bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. So as you come to the table this morning, let your open hands and your receptive hearts 
be your act of faith that God can do what no one else can do. Let your open and receptive hands and hearts today be a gesture of laughter at the absurdity of God's power. And then may your lives bear witness that you have been touched by it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.